here's the thing that gets me, and I get it, right? Why do we always wait to crisis to learn about money? Why we always wait to crisis to learn about money? Why we always wait until a crisis to learn that we got to do better? If anybody in this generation right now, if you ain't learned from the pandemic that you need to start learning about money, this, gonna, this is a rude awakening, y'all. More people got to lose jobs. That's, that's what capitalism does. Right? We in America. Racism gonna always be here and capitalism ain't going nowhere. Stop looking for what's fair and just start playing the game. Good, what's good, family? It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday, episode 67. Tonight is going to be amazing because we got some things to talk about. We're going to talk about $2 billion in chip stocks for 2024. We're going to talk about when selling powder goes wrong. We're going to talk about a few things today, but let's get into it, man. First and foremost, I want to tell my crew was popping. George in the building, Jose in the building, in the building. Tootie in the building, Dave in the building, Gindy in the building, B-Rams in the building, Sean in the building. We here, man. Listen, each and every week, our goal is to come to you and help you increase your financial literacy, help the idea of building legacy, get a little bit more comfortable, and increase your network one share at a time. Listen, man, I love it, I love it, I love it. Jose, I feel good, man. Man, let's get it. Let's get to it, man. Listen, I want to start off by saying that when you understand yourself, when you understand yourself, it's so much easier for you to make financial decisions. The stock market is not going anywhere and the one thing we know for sure about the market is it is consistent. Whether it's a bull market, whether it's a bear market, we know that the market is consistent. The only real true inconsistency is your ability to believe in yourself and your ability to make right decisions. Now, the thing that gets a lot of people in the market is one wrong decision sends them down a rabbit hole. One wrong decision makes them lose confidence. One wrong decision can completely make them give up on something that they truly know has built wealth for a certain group of people for a long amount of time. Now, what I will say is the stock market doesn't care what color you are, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, Indian, whatever you, the market doesn't care. But those who benefit the most are those who are, who are inclined to study Pursue, captivate, mesmerize. Those are the people, the people who, are, who aren't caught off guard by anything that the market does. The people who doesn't blame the market for the L's, but the people who say the market do what the market does and it's on me to adjust. Those are the people who can win at this game consistently. And I just want to tell you, welcome to episode 67 of Trapping Tools. We got, a, we got an amazing... We got an amazing show. We got a lot to talk about. <sighs> we on time. Jose, we on time. That would that I want y'all to understand that we are, we are, we, we are, we are, we are conforming. We are conforming into something new. 
So I want to tell y'all, man, I thank y'all for coming. Uh, thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for being consistent. Thank y'all for, for dedicating. Y'all could have been anywhere on this Tuesday, but y'all chose to be here. And each and every week, what we, we, we are obligated to do moving forward is to make sure that you get the best of your time here. Let's get it to that. Give me a beat right quick, man. Give me something that's, give me something that's, like, I want to dedicate the first two minutes after I finish talking to my dog, because I know he worked hard to give us some flavor, right? That's what we love about this show. He give us some flavor. So to, to, to give us a little, while, while the trappers get acclimated, why they get acclimated? Why they get their pen and their pad? Because I know we caught them off guard because we was on time today. After 67 episodes, we came in at 7 o'clock on the dot. I know they was off guard. So what we going to do is we going to give you a minute to go get your pen, to go get your pad, to like get situated because we know we caught y'all off guard. But I need y'all to know moving forward, 7 o'clock, be here. So two to give them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Tony Tones, I see you. Flow with the facts, I see you. RB439, 4329, I see you. Essence Street Style, I see you. Vincent Tess, Tress, I see you. Dancing Diamonds, I see you. Levon, I see you. Denise, Michelle, I see you. Robert Lyons, and I see you. Chocolate CB, Chocolate, ah, I see you. Natasha, I see you. Larissa, I see you. I see y'all. See, I want to take the beginning of my show moving forward just to let my people know that I see them. Right? Rams Fitness, we see you. Roxanne, we see you. Wagwan. Ha-ha! Chelsea Dickinson, I see you. Robert Lyons, we see you. You dig J-Love, I see you. Buzz Buzz, we see you. Larry Morgan, we see you. More Class, we see you. We see y'all. I want y'all to know that we see y'all. What it do? We here? We trapping. This show is this show is dedicated to not just me giving the information, but this show ain't a show without y'all showing up every week. So every week, I want to make time for y'all. So I'm going to be on time every week so we can shout y'all out. We're going to be on time every week so we can shout y'all out to let y'all know we here for y'all. And we and to show you that we live. We ain't pre-recording, telling y'all this live. We live. We make the sacrifice every week, man, so we live, man. <sighs> All right, Tootie. All right, man, y'all know each and every week we like to start off with our mantra. Let's get that up. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, man. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I'm confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating this machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. 
Today, I break all the chains that anger me to that poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned our last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will a generation behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go. Okay, Tootie. Okay. I see you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We getting to it today, man. All right, so listen, y'all. I'm going to be honest. We had some stuff happen today, man. So the market started off really, really, really um, clammy. 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 How you feel about that, Jose? All right, so clammy is like you ever shook somebody's hand and you're like, bruh. So it's clammy. Like, it ain't, it ain't the most horrible thing, but it ain't the best thing. And you kind of look at him like, bro, why you, what? So the market started off clammy today, Jose, right? But, but I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised or shocked at it simply because we saw what a 10-year yield was, right? And so as long as this thing is where it's at, we will not get a, we will not get a, the market that we are used to. Right? We won't get that market that we that we that we prefer. There we go. There we go. We won't get the preferred market that we want simply because the 10-year is too high. Now, because the 10-year is so high, we also know there's these geopolitical things that's going on in the world. We know that already. But then we also got to understand this. There's things that are going on inside of the market that we have to understand. Right? So no two markets are going to be identical. Right. No matter even if you're looking at the charts, the charts can be good. They can say what you needed to say. But the one thing that we not taken into full perspective is the human component. Right. And the human component says what made me mad yesterday might not make me mad today, but I ain't going to forget how it made me feel yesterday. Jose, how you feel about that? Right. That's how we starting off. Right. So what made me yesterday might not make me mad today, but I won't forget how it made me feel. So when we're looking at the market, I want us to pay attention to, we're going to talk about something tonight. We're going to talk about how November, December are typically two of the best months of the market. Right? November, December. But what we can't forget is what has happened over the last three months. Right? And then because there's, there's different things in play, Right, because there's debt at an all-time high, because America has now inquired another 1.7 trillion dollars in debt, because America is saying we're gonna need another 814 billion dollars in debt in 2024, and we're gonna do another 734 billion in debt to end the year out. These make it really hard for the market to be optimistic. Right? So what made me mad yesterday may not make me mad today, but I won't forget how it made me feel. Did I bring that in context, Jose? Did I make that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we bring that full circle. Right? I need us to know we, we bringing things full circle around here. Right? So when, when we're looking, we looking at the market, I want to say that my goal moving forward is to make sure, let me say this, so Jose not going to like this. So I do, a lot of, I do a lot of inspiring during the show, but I want to make sure I do a lot of teaching as well. Because my, I'm realizing that, yes, I am inspiring you. Yes, I am helping you make it click, but I also want to make sure it's practical. Practicality. Like, I don't want to speak to you. I don't want you to have the ego in the market, right? Because I had a conversation. Jose, I had a conversation with a, uh, with a, with a, he's not a billionaire, but he's an upper. Shout out to the queen, Natalie Cole, for the super chat. Thank you so much. I had a queen, I had a conversation with a, he's not a billionaire, but he's a, he's a, uh, so eight figures, nine figures, nine figures. So he's a nine figures. And uh, so I'm talking to him on the phone. Don't let that go over your head. I'm talking to him on the phone and he says to me, there's a difference between knowing what to do and doing what you know. <laughs> you feel me? He said, he said, there's a difference between knowing what to do and then doing what you know. So I'm like, what, what you mean? Like, what's the, what you mean? Like, what? Like, I ain't get it. He's like, because you can know what to do and you can tell people what to do. He said, because I'm listening to you. And it makes sense, right? You make it make sense, but the problem is knowing, knowing what to do and doing what you know is completely different. So your goal as somebody that's teaching, you got to get them from knowing what to do to making them know how to, to making them do what they know. And it's on you to make the transition because if you're teaching, then they can't, you're, you're only as successful as the people when they start doing what, the, what they know and started knowing what they, I say, God damn. Look, he, he flamed me. You feel me? He saying that's your goal. That, that should be your goal. Your goal should be where they know what to do. No, to where they do what they know. And so that's it, Jose. So what you got to do is, hold it, Tootie, hold it. So what you got to do is, what you got to do is, you got to now change what they do. But you can only change what they do when you make what they do what they know. You with me? And I know it sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but I'm saying something completely different. It's deep. Like, you feel me? He was like... For, for you, if you, he, so he's like, I'm telling him, you know, what I'm doing. I'm like, bro, like, I think people getting it, da, 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 yada. He like, all right, what's your metric? What's your metric? Like, as I'm talking to him, I'm like, all right, bro, like, I'm teaching. And it, it's not really about the money for me because I know I can go get the money. He was like, all right, well, what you doing it for? I'm like, well, I want, I want people to, I want people to feel what I feel. I want people to see what I see. 
but I won't make the mistakes that I'm going to make, and I don't want them to make the mistakes. He was like, all right, well, what's your metrics? So I was like, well, you know, they, they, they posting to me, and they, 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 they showing up. I said, but that's going up and down. And so he said, that's because that means you don't got enough people execute. I said, I'm giving these people three hours every week. He said, so? So? That's, watch it, look, watch this, Jose. He said, that's your ego. I said, I don't got no ego. He said, nah, that is. Underneath what you say you're doing, that's your ego. You want to beat your chest and say, I'm the only one doing this for three hours. You want to beat your chest and say that. That's ego. Whether you like it or not, it's your ego. Because if what you really can do, what you really can do is, instead of helping them know what to do, you can make them do what they know. So that means you got to change what they know. If you change what they know, then they're going to change what they do. I said, bad. I said, bad. Bad. And then I had to step back and tell myself something. The three-hour show was an ego thing. Because I was trying to prove to my audience that I know what I know. And that I can do this every week consistently and nobody can't do it. But at the same time, because it's that, the message ain't coming out how it's supposed to. Even if you think it is. Like you ever went by, you ever went by somebody's house and you taste the food and they think it's good and you're like, it's good, but it's... Right, like it's good. Like you can leave it like this. But because I'm because this person is a cook, you like is missing that. And the reason why it's missing that is because you got to remove the ego part. And you got to say, in this amount of time, you're going to dig enough to where they know. Change my perspective, bro. Change my perspective. Damn, that changed my perspective. Anyway, Khadijah, what you talking about? What's trash? What's trash, Khadijah? <laughs> All right, man, so let's get into it, man. So anyway, listen, we had three. The dial was down. So I wrote something down, too. So the dial was down. So the dial... Uh, was up, the Dow was up 40, uh, 48, 48. Uh, then the S&P got up. The S&P gave us 41.93 plus 26 points. The NASDAQ came on strong at the end. Uh, we had 12.851, uh, gave us 61. So almost three quarters of a percent. I got a question, man. So... The S&P 500, I want to I show y'all something right quick. I'm going to show y'all something right quick. Dave, can we go to the, something about two twins. It's the one I told you in the front. Yep, let's go down. 
So I want to show y'all this right quick. And I think this is, this is real amazing. Um, this is real amazing. This is real amazing. So the S&P 500 and the equal weighted S&P ETF are the same, but yet so different. So the S&P 500, we'll just say that as the SPY, and then you got the RSP. So RSP is the equally weighted ETF. Now, here's a great perspective that I want to show y'all right here. Here's a great perspective I want to show you right here. So the S&P 500 is actually up 8% year to date. It's up 8%, right? As of today, it's up 8%. Now watch this. The equal weighted, Invesco equal weighted, so this is still the S&P 500, but watch this. It's down 4%. Here's some homework for us. Trap, why is this different? Why is this? Why is the S&P 500 up 8% and the equal weighted S&P with the index is down 4%? Right? So here, here's how we look at that. The S&P 500, whiteboard. It's good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Good job, Tootie. It's a whiteboard moment for us. It's a good job for us so we can see what's going on right here. Right? I love when I get on that whiteboard for us. You know what I'm saying? I love the whiteboard because it's going to be amazing for us to learn something right quick. All right, let's rock out. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Let's go with it. So, here we go. So, we got the, we got the, All right, and then we got the, huh? We got the RSP, that's the equal weighted. And then we have the SPY, which are the same, right? They both represent the same index. Now, watch this. And in, in the S&P 500, remember, Apple, remember, Remember Facebook? Uh-oh, let me do this back. Meta? Remember Amazon? Remember NVIDIA? Remember, one, two, three, four, five, six. Remember Google? Right, and then remember... All right, so these all got different percentages. So I think Apple is seven, this is six. I can't remember the rest of them, but I know that. It's 7%, it's like 6%, I think it's like 3%, but don't, don't mistake me on that. Don't mistake me on that, right? So here's what we do know. We do know that these seven stocks make up the majority of the returns. So what we do know is 
What I love about this, now remember, the S&P 500 is plus 8%. The RSP, which is the equal weighted, is minus 4%. Well, Trap, how is it the same, but they got the same stocks in it? The difference is because the S&P 500 is market cap weighted, meaning depending on the market cap, that's why Apple make up so much of this. That's why, that's why when Apple move, this move. So when Apple, if so, if Apple, Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, Nvidia, Google, Netflix, if they move a certain way, you know the market going, the S and P going to tilt up. We trapping or we trapping, right? So we know, and because of how much of the market cap or the market cap, so we know this: if Apple is down, but Nvidia, Meta, and them up, the market still going to move. But if Apple is up. And then like this one and this one is down, then it's still going to move. Why? Because the weighted. So these two have the most, watch this, influence. Right? So Apple, Microsoft. So these top seven have the most influence. They're the most influential on the market. But these two have, watch this, these two have the most influence. Well, the key word in this one is, Equal weight, which means it still got Apple, it still got Microsoft, it still got Meta, it still got Amazon, it still got Nvidia, so on and so forth. But guess what? They all the same. So let's say they all is this. Right? So they're all the same percentage. So now what happens is it takes the advantage and the manipulation away. You with me? So because these, the, because of their market caps, their influence on how this moves is different. So that's why this is still up 8%. The reason why this is still up 8% is because these, this joint up 30%. 30%, this joint up 100%, this joint up 40%, this joint up 100 and something percent, this joint up, you feel me? But if we equal weight it, they all have the same influence. They all got the same influence. Now, that tells us this. Watch this. Without this, here, the actual market will be that. Without this, here, the actual market will be this. Because you got, in essence, 504 stocks in the S&P 500. You take them seven away, the average thing will be this. This is important for us to see. It's important for us to understand because it tells us now that these are responsible for, right now, 100% of returns in the market in total. Without them seven, you take them seven away, and we now have two, we now have back, 
two back negative years. You take these two, you take them seven away, and you now have back-to-back negative years in the market. Now, the idea is, we're going to talk about this tonight, about November and December. But I'm going to be realistic with you. The market is holding on to 8% with two months left. And none of them are performing well. None of them are performing well. And if these ain't performing well, you need them to carry. So moving forward, I want y'all to start paying attention to this so you can get an idea of what the overall temperature is in the market instead of just looking at this one. So instead of just looking at the SPY because it's manipulated and influenced by them. Let's start also, excuse me, let's start also looking at this one because we don't want to take away from it, but this can give us a false perspective of the entire market temperature. So if we start looking here a little bit, we can start understanding, all right, well, them seven doing good, but these ain't doing so good. But if we dig a little deeper, we can also say, let me look at these so I can truly understand what's on sale. Let's go, man. I like it. I like it. Tell me in the chat how you feel about that. Tell me in the chat how you feel about that. Let's get it. Let's go, baby. Woo! I like it. How we feeling? All right. How we feeling? Let me see it in the chat. Let me see it in the chat. All right, cool. Let's wait. All right, so look, Dave, let's go a little further. Nope. Let's go back a little bit, Dave. Let's go to our, you know, let's give my heat map. Yep. Let's get into it. So today, here we go. Remember, this is back-to-back weeks where we've had more puts than calls. It's back-to-back weeks where we have more puts than calls. And we still, look, we got over that. We got to 1.9. Shout out to we got a brand new Triple Beam team member in the group. Let's go, man. Let's go to the Patreon member, man. We had a three-hour call. The other day in the Patreon, man, I did a three-hour call with them. Um, and And... Uh, shout out to man, 1,400 people in the chat. Let's shout out to the chat. Let's get the likes up, y'all. Let's get the likes up. Uh, and so, I had a three-hour phone, I had a three-hour Zoom call, a surprise Zoom call in the Patreon. Um, and we'll talk about this tonight. So I had a surprise Zoom call with them just because, you know, I'm not the person to let my people uh I'm not the person that when everything good, I'm in their face talking to them. And then when everything bad, I lead them to figure it out on their own. That ain't me. You know what I'm saying? And so what I did was uh, we had, we, we, we've been having a rough two months, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. You know what I'm saying? We're having a rough two months. 
And so I was like, hey, y'all, let's get on a call. And we got on a call. And just in retrospect, I mean, just to put some perspective around it, I knew my people were worried. You know what I'm saying? But I knew they were being strong because they like trap strong. So we believe in trap. Um, and so I talked to him and I said, listen, y'all, here's my perspective on what's going on. Um, I'll take responsibility for, you know, the, the two L's, the, you know, the couple L's we took these last couple months. I take full responsibility for it. And I said, not only do I take full responsibility for it, I'll tell you my thesis so you can get an idea of what I got going on. I was like, so in, in retrospect, here's what I based my decisions on. Here's what happened. And I'm like, we hit a bottom. I see the bottom. I, I went in. And then I said, as our, as our positions turned green, how we wanted them, we looking good. I didn't expect a bomb. I didn't, I, I didn't expect a, the war caught me off guard. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that caught, that caught me, that caught me completely because October played into what I needed. The first week and a half, I'm like, yo, this is what we want. We got in at the end of November. I mean, got the, the end of September. I felt like the first week of October, second week of October was going to be pretty good. Boom, we get into these calls. We literally get everything back by like 3% in one day, right? So we riding on a high. And I was like, yo, two things happened that caught me completely off guard. One was Joe Biden cutting China off from NVIDIA. I was like, okay, but I didn't think it was going to hurt it that bad simply because it only makes up 20% of the company. 80% of the revenue still comes from other countries, not China. So I was like, all right. Let's go. The bond market is killing stocks. I don't know. And so then, two days after that, Israel feel like they, I'm like, yo, I couldn't expect that. Like, I ain't see that coming. You know what I'm saying? I wish I wasn't tripping because you never can expect what's going to happen. But this, like, and this is, like, intense. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is intense. So I was like, all right. Um, so I went and did my homework. I was like, looking at my homework, the last time we had all these geopolitical things going on, plus the bond like this, I see, we, I traced that back to Afghanistan, Bush administration. That's how far back I had to go to just find this much hostility in the world. We got yields, we got Wars, we got trade wars. It's crazy because one of the guys in the um, one of the guys in the group was it's crazy because he was in Afghanistan, cuz. And he said, Bro, you so right, Trap. He said, Bro, you so right. Like I was there. He said, that's the last time he said, and all of this going on, he was like, You right, bro. He was like, that. he said that. He said something to me in a group that really made me like that. He said, that let me know you be doing your homework. That you ain't just out here guessing. He said, because you are absolutely correct. And so I had to, I had to, I had to, uh, I had to just tell my team, like, you know what I'm saying? I said, listen, I'm going um, to stay the course right here. 
because I still because we got the time on what we got with our plays, I'm gonna stay the course, but it might get a little ugly. So definitely had to talk to my people about that, man. So definitely had to talk to my people about that. All right, so let's go a little further, Dave. All right, so here we go today. We got uh, the heat check. Microsoft, Apple in the gray area, not too green. NVIDIA, uh, almost down a percent. Again, Google, Meta, they took a little bit today. Amazon kind of shaky. But we had some really good plays today. Uh, Bank of America up 2%. The banking sector kind of been fighting back a lot. Uh, Intel, AMD at the end of the bell. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Eli Lilly down 2% today. Amgen down 2% today. Uh, Eaton up 5% today. Okay, industrials. The industrial sector truly been giving us some game. Uh, yeah, Caterpillar took a beating today, down 6%. Uh, so, yeah, we had a hell of a day today. We had a hell of a day today. I appreciate the Super Chat family. Thank you so much. All right. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, definitely. Got to get into the recession portfolio. Let's go a little further. Let's dig into it. Recession portfolio. All right, so... We are up 16% year-to-date. We definitely got to show y'all that. We are up 16% year-to-date, which is not bad. We are doubled. We have doubled the S&P 500, right? 16% year-to-date. Now, here's the crazy part. We was up 29%. Bro, we was up 29% in August. In my mind, I was like, yep, I'm probably about to hit 30% this year. It's going to be crazy. I'm at least in the year out about 31, 27 at best. We had 16%. <laughs> but here's what I will say. All right, we ain't, listen, we still beating the market. All right, let's go a little further, Dave. Let's look at our positions in the recession portfolio. Uh, as we can see, uh, ATRK, it done went negative. I was a $4,000 in that play. So ATRK done went negative. CELH Celsius, y'all know that. I was up 6000 on that play. Costco still fighting for their life for me. Look at Crocs. Crocs up $600 a day. Still down 10 bands with Crocs. Eli Lilly up 31000 but it actually hit me for 1500 a day. Lockheed Martin. They growing. I like it. That had turned negative on me. I was down negative 2,000. The war. So here's my thing about that, too. Like, a lot of people always be like, uh, a lot of people always feel like, why are you making money on the war? And I'm like, I was, I was in certain companies before the war. But we also got to realize that companies make firearms. Companies make defensive ships. That's what they're in the business for. That's what they do. Now, I'm not saying that I said that this company went to war. I'm going to go invest in that company. We was in the companies already, right? But this is a prime example. Lockheed, I was down $2,000 on that company. The minute the first bomb dropped, the stock went up the next day, $2,000. You remember that? We posted. Went up $2,000 the next day. Right? I was like, now I'm in the green. Now we, in the, now we deep in it. Stock is up $6,000. It turned green on me. I wish the soldiers were Crocs. 
Wish the soldiers wore Crocs. <laughs> Nobody, don't cancel me, man. Don't cancel me, man. Don't, don't cancel me, man. I was just, I wish the soldiers wore Crocs. Oh, man. All right, so, uh, Lockheed Martin, look, Meta up 11,000, NVIDIA. 22,000, definitely took a hip on that. SAI, once the war started, now here's the thing, the, the, the flip side of that, once the war started, the trucking game slowed down. I was up on that. You feel me? I was up on that. Uh, TPH, that's real estate, VTRK. Ah, hit me again. All right, let's go again. Watch this trick or treat. Next one. Goddamn. It's a bloody day right here. All right, so uh, the Amazon call pumped us out 4,000, so we, are, we fighting for that. We don't fall back to glory. My AVGO call is down. My Google call is down. My Meta call is down. My Meta call is down. Uh, QQQ and my NVIDIA call is down. I put this play in today just to try something. Uh, so here's my other NVIDIA play right here. But I put this play in today. I saw NVIDIA go to 397. And I was just like, what the hell? I love the game. So I didn't tell my, I didn't put it in the Patreon group because I didn't want them to jump on it. You know, I didn't want them. I know I was playing a dangerous game with that. You know what I'm saying? But it went to 397 and it just what happened. Look, I just finished working out. I was on my way. To, I had just got here. I had just where I got here. I'm sitting here. We got off our call. I'm looking at the market and I'm like, damn, this shit plunged early this morning. Like, damn. But I didn't realize that it was under 400. I was like, whoa, under 400. I still love the game. I still love the game. <laughs> I still love the game. I'm like, I still love the game. You feel me? So. I called it at 397. I just put a little 410 call in. You know, it is what it is. I ain't even do a lot. I think I only did like six contracts. Crap was still high. Even though, here's the crazy thing about this thing. Even though the thing's still falling, them jokers still high. Normally when the, normally when the stock is falling, the option get cheaper. Bruh, that thing still it was expensive. So anyway, so I bought like five or six contracts, y'all. Uh, but it was at 397. Like, I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm, al I'm already in it. <laughs> I'm already in it. I'm already in it. Uh, so that's what we got going on right now, man. Let's go a little further, Dave. Let's get to it. All right, let's get to our information tonight, y'all. How y'all feeling tonight? How y'all feeling tonight? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How y'all feeling? Let me see in the chat. Let me see in the chat. How y'all feeling? Shout out to uh, Lieutenant Tori. Shout out to that queen, man. But listen, I want y'all to show some, I want to tell y'all something too. No matter how the game go, I'm going to still play it. And no matter what they look like, no matter, here's the thing though, no matter what that recession portfolio look like, I'm going to show up each and every week and put that thing on the big board. No matter what it look like. Right? No matter. <laughs> I ain't gonna never say, nah, we ain't gonna show it this week. I ain't gonna never say that. Nah, I ain't gonna. Nah, B, we ain't gonna show a recession pool forward this week. It look kinda ugly. Nah, we gonna show that joint. Because guess what? 
when we be printing that money like crazy, we show that joint. That's why I love it. Like, I love it. Like, I love for you to see it like that, because when that thing be green everywhere, I want you to see that too. You know what I'm saying? So anybody can say, yeah, man, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. All right, that's cool. I ain't mad. Like, I, I love them. See, everybody win. When it's your season, you killing it. When it's my season, I'm going to put it in your face every day. Dee, 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 dee. <sighs> come, anyway, come join the Patreon. Right? Come join the Patreon group. Come join Travis Anonymous, man. It's amazing. Uh, hit that like button. Let's get the likes up, man. The Patreon group. Uh, yep. So if you don't know, we do the by options in the Triple Beam team. We do the options in the Master of the Triple Beam. Uh, if you in Travis Anonymous, you get all the fundamentals. So come join us. Let's get to it. All right. So... Google paid iPhone billions of dollars to be in a trap. Let's say that again. Google paid iPhone. Matter of fact, let me rephrase that. Google paid Apple billions of dollars to be in the trap. So this is how that goes. So Apple has 1.5 billion users across all platforms. This is amazing. Across the world, Apple has 1.5 billion users. That is free game. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Everything in America is for sale. Everything in America is for sale. Everything. Even with the biggest company on the market. Guess what? Google said we are the search engine. We want to be known for the search engine. We understand that you got a block full of potential candidates. I would like to have a piece of that. So in 2016, Google pays Apple $23 billion. Apple said, bet, you want it, you got it. Guess what? That's a 30% premium on that. Apple said, it's not a problem with me. This money that I don't got to even worry about. Right, so Google is now the default search engine. I don't even want to be. I just want to be the default search engine. Just the default search engine, right? But Google right now is going to trial. Google on trial right now for being the most dominant search engine and having conditions in play where other competitors can't get market share. Right, that's what they're on trial for. So back in 2019, 2018, 2019, Google and Apple said, yo, this is a sweet deal. We can do this again. So they dropped another 20-something billion on them. And then Apple said, check this out. Man, you can just hit me with $9 billion a year, fam. Google said, say less. $9 billion a year to, I don't even dropping. Mind you, Apple still have their own Search, which is Safari. So it's not even saying you my primary search engine. I'm, I just want to be the default. Like, I, I still know you're going to do what you do. I just want to be the default search engine. Just default. So while we always arguing about Apple, Android, this phone better than that phone. My sole question to you is, do you own the stock? Because what we do see is, and what we do see is, that they are in cahoots to make sure they get our money. They in cahoots to make sure they get our money. Because even if you got the Apple, you still what? You're going to Google search. So let's just make sure 
You know what that's like, Jose? You know what that's like? That's like hustling, hustling. Oh, this is good, Jose. Watch this, watch this. That's like hustling on a block and dying for it and you don't own it. You repping the hood, but you don't own a house. You just pay rent. It's my hood. Just my, feel me? Wait, my grandma here, my mom in there. We were, this is my hood. I'll die for this set. I'm all other sets is is is, is weak. Cause this is my set. What house you own? None. Now one of them. I don't own, I don't own now one of them. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna keep it 100. I was guilty. I was guilty of both. I was guilty of the set tripping and the iPhone trip. I'm guilty. Until you come to the realization when you see, and the crazy part was, I knew this already. I done said this a year ago. But today, for some reason, it clicked like, bruh, man, these people making billions of dollars. Man, I don't care what phone you got, bro. You own the stock? Do you own the stock? If you don't own stock, now nah, I'm mad at you. Because you keep buying the phone. You ain't gonna own, go, go buy some of the stock, bro. And we all right. And we all right. So to all my Google people, I want to come to you today and say, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for being a Saul. That went over your head, Jose. I apologize for being the android killer. I apologize for being the green dot slayer. I apologize. Kumbaya. Can we all just get along? Because they all getting our money. Billions of dollars of it. So Jose, I... Today I read, I waved the green flag. The money flag. Let's just get money together, y'all. All right, let's go a little further, man. All right, so watch this, y'all. This was real good today, right? This stock is truly like been in the gutter, but man, it went crazy today. So Pinterest, it went berserk today, right? It was up 18%. Now, this is truly a stock that is not looked at as a social media contender. This stock is not looked at as a social media contender, but yet it is. You know why it is? Let's talk about why it is. So here's what they said today. They said today that $3 billion, they have a $3 billion market share right now, and here's what they said. Their monthly active users grew by 483 million people. That's big. They beat top line, they beat bottom line, and they just said we're going to increase our ad department. Now, let's talk about this right quick. They say the number one activity on their website is people pinning the stuff. Now, I ain't going to lie. I remember when I was getting my crib, the lady said, let's create a Pinterest board. Matter of fact, Nat might be in a comment. Nat hit me one day and was like, you should just make a Pinterest board. Oh, I mean, I'm not getting there and make that. But evidently, 483 million people, new people, know how to do it. So, Pinterest, monthly active users up, reborn ad market, 
reward is Pinterest has now seen growth. Mm. B said people was pinning before they was bookmarking on IG. Pinterest is a sleeper social media app. I'm not saying we need to invest in it, but I'm do, I am saying we probably need to pay attention to it. When you see Instagram doing it, here's what I like about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying invest in it at all. What I'm saying is when you think about it, so let's think about this. When we look at TikTok, right, it's different than Instagram, right, but the concept is almost similar. Can we agree with that? Like, it's different than Instagram, but the concept is similar, right? So we see Instagram is similar, right? But watch this. Twitter was the one that was completely different. And now you got threads. So they are similar, right? Well, YouTube was different. But then we got IGTV, right? And then YouTube said, okay, we got YouTube shorts. So in essence, they all kind of, but Pinterest is 100% a standalone would you say? Because you don't go in there and do nothing but what? Pin stuff. You create boards. I would say it's kind of different. Would you say? It, Jose, let me get this. Is it, is it the same? Or, let's get it in the chat. Is it the same or is it different in the chat? Yeah, it's kind of like a... Something like that. Hmm? Oh, God. Yeah, it is, bro, but it's all right. It'll live. That means I've been putting in work with it. All right, so here's a question I want to ask people in the chat. Is Pinterest the same or is it different than all other social medias? Right quick, y'all, before we move on. Say it's different. I think it's different. I think it has a different feel. Now, I'm not saying go out there and buy the Pinterest app. I'm not saying go buy the Pinterest stock. Don't, you're not going to blame. The L's I take is the ones I deserve. I ain't taking nothing else. I don't use it either, Khadija, but I'm just saying. All right, let's go a little further. All right, ah. UFC slams a $100 billion deal with Budweiser. Now, the, this is so amazing because not too long ago, Budweiser was slammed because of, I mean, UFC was slammed because they had to deal with Budweiser, and Budweiser had something with the transgender. Now, first of all, let me say this. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just reporting. All right? So because, 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 because they had something to do with, the tra with a transgender. 
So UFC, so people were like, we're gonna we're gonna boycott UFC. We're gonna boycott UFC because of the partnership y'all doing with Budweiser. Dana White says, I'm about to double down. Don't threaten me. Dana White goes and scores a hundred million, so to be million, hundred million dollar deal with Budweiser. He goes and scores a hundred million dollar deal, multi-year deal that starts in January with Budweiser. And he said, boycott me if you can. How do we feel about that? So Budweiser is owned by, Bud Light is a part of the brand. So people say, I think it was Bud Light. It's a part of the brand called Anheuser-Busch. They fall under the same thing. <laughs> it falls under the same thing, you heard me? Don't trip, right? It's called Anheuser-Busch, ticker symbol B-U-D. <laughs> Bud. Right? It falls under the same brand. That's why you got to know your brands. That's why you got to know your brands. That's why you got to know what all falls under the stock. Got to know what falls under there. So they was like, yo, check it. The dealers with Bud Light, but they like, yo, check it. Boycott me. Boycott me. I mean, he stood on it. Let's go a little further. He stood on it. All right, so let's talk about this, y'all. This is important. This is important. Trillions in debt, no problem. I should have a BS thing. Right? Here's the thing, y'all. So tomorrow is going to be a real important day because we have a bond auction. Now, the U.S. Treasury has said that they will borrow $776 billion to finish off the last three months of the year. And they said in 2024, they will borrow another $816 billion to start the year. Just let that sit in for a little while. So we already 300, I'm sorry, we already $33 trillion in debt. We've already increased the debt by $1.7 trillion. I think the Republicans is all, it's just offered another $14, $14 billion debt relief to go overseas. Joe Biden keeps on giving money away, right? Keeps on giving money away while the American consumer is financially exhausted. The American consumer is financially exhausted and America seeks to borrow another $776 billion to end October, November, December and then come back in January 
and get another $816 billion. This is what they want to do. On top of that, China is not buying bonds. On top of that, the Federal Reserve is cashing out. They not buying bonds. So now you taking another $90 billion out the economy. I want us to understand like what we up against right now, y'all. And this ain't, this ain't, this ain't easy. Right? I also want us to think about this. The average person right now is spending 2.6% of their disposable income on interest payments, whatever they got going on. We got a 10-year bond that is now staying close to 5%, 48495. It's, it's floating there. I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. This is not the time. So I know all my real estate people are going to really be mad with me right now. Right? All our real estate people are going to be mad at me right now. And I promise I'm not saying this again. So I love I got some great friends that do real estate. But I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Right now ain't the time to be buying no house. On my own. I'm going to just keep it 100. I done kicked all the contractors out my house. Man, get out of my house, man. Don't you put another piece of nothing up, dog. I'm going to stay just like this, dog. I'm going to holler at y'all in 2025. I'm good. I got what I need. The house is 90% done on the inside, 97% done on the inside. I ain't got that much furniture in there. I still be sleeping in the basement. My daughter be like, Daddy, when we go? I say, when we get out of the recession. <laughs> Daddy, we got all this house. When we go? When we get out of the recession. I'm in the bunker. It's real. Bro, what happens is, bro, like, I get it. I get it. I, I totally understand the idea. So I'm going to tell all homeowners this, yo. And I, I, bro, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be, bro, this is so real. I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. Man, I'm about to get crucified. I'm about to get crucified for this. Buying a house is not a good investment. Buying a house is not a good investment. Especially if you're building it or if you're doing a mass renovation. It's not a good investment. The reason why is because you will never stop working on it. And it's not an asset until you actually pay it off. Not an asset. Now, I know all my real estate people going to come, and I'm cool with that, but I want you to justify to me why at these interest rates, in this economy, with the average American losing, making less money, why would this be an economy 
for somebody to buy a house. You feel me? You feel me? I'm just keeping it 100. I think, I think that for people coming up poor and middle class, that was the standard. Now I got to buy me a house. And so the people will tell you, like, you paying somebody else rent. You paying somebody else rent. You paying somebody else rent. All right, cool. So what? They're responsible for fixing it. Go rent you a house that you really like, and then you go get rental property. I'm telling y'all. Buying a house ain't... If you're doing a mass build from the bottom up, or if you're doing a renovation, worst investment ever. Well, no, I'm exaggerating. Bad investment. Yeah. He says it's the worst investment ever. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Don't follow him. You know what I'm saying? This is your financial advice. This is who you're getting financial advice from. You know what I'm saying? So not worst investment ever, but it's definitely a... Uh... Nah, it's, I just don't think it's a great investment anyway. I don't think it's a great investment, dog. Man, I don't care, dog. <laughs> they gonna torture me. Yeah. All the real estate people gonna come for me. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. Somebody said you get value from your family living in it. Shit, we get value from living in something else. I just don't think it's a. I just don't think it's a great investment, dog. Double down. I'm doing Dana White. <laughs> but realistically, let's not plan. Realistically, watch this. Watch this. Again, in this current environment that we in, with the housing market the way it is, with inflation the way it is, with the average household, with the United States, with the debt, um, you're supposed to still rock with it. It's only my personal opinion. Definitely don't want you to change your opinion for me. But $1.7 trillion in household debt. The average person right now is making 20% lower, less than what the average house note is. These ain't my data. This data that come from the people, the, the, the sources. Right? How can you... How can you justify telling somebody to buy a house in this market. How? And I, can, I know what the rebuttal going to be. If not now, then when? Easy. When we get out of war. When the inflation goes down. That's when. When lumber gets a little cheaper. When credit card debt go down. Well, how, we know when that's gonna, how do we know when that's going to go down? Well, we know one thing. With all these geopolitical things in the world right now, we know one thing. It ain't going. I just don't think that I don't think that it's the best time to be telling our people to go buy 
homes, stretching them. That's all I think. I'll get off of it. So somebody said, what if rates keep going up? Well, it got to come down at some point. It got to come down. Rates got, that's the thing. That is exactly why this ain't the right time. What if rates keep going up? Okay, cool. If rates keep going up, you stay your butt on the sideline. You stack your bread, you get your stuff right because guess what's going to happen? The market got to come back down. We got to understand the cycle. The market got to, the rates got to come down. Inflation got to, it may not be this. We may not never get back to 2% no more. We may get, we're going to get to three. The war got to stop at some point. Gas got to go down at some point. Inflation got to go down. Watch this. Why are you so impatient? Why are we so impatient? You know why we so impatient? Because we still be in survival mode. When the people who really build wealth in America, they play the long game. They play the long game. So, trap. All right, well, here's what's going to happen. If rates keep going up, eventually the bubble going to have to pop. And once the bubble pops, now you're in prime position. Why are you in prime position? Because I've just been sitting on my money. Most people who are going to try to buy a house right now, guess what? They putting themselves in a bind. Man, they putting themselves in a bind because they're like, yo, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. They putting themselves in such of a bind to buy a house. And then you get in the house, guess what? Now you want new furniture because you don't want the same furniture. You want new furniture. And guess what? Now you can't call the landlord to fix it. And I promise you, plumbing costs a little more and you got to do it. Promise you electricity, you turn them lights off. Promise you. Or you fancy, you got a pool. Guess what? The biggest gulper of buying a house. You got a pool? Gulp. You feel me? Oh, now you got taxes. Oh, you want a multi-million dollar house. Guess what? Them taxes start at 15000 The people give me 30000 I say, where this come from? Welcome to the million. What? You feel me? So for me, it's saying, bro, you want to buy a house? Cool. Guess what? Stack your bread up. This is the perfect time to stack your bread up. You know why? Because everybody that's selling their house, guess what they doing? They, a lot of people that's selling their house right now, guess what they going to do? They downsizing. They going downsize. They taking the cash. They going downsize. They like, boy, I'm... And guess what they doing when they downsizing? They downsizing and they selling at premium price. So that's a win-win for them. They selling at premium price and they downsizing. They winning. Now here you come. And guess what? You go buy one of them big houses, that ain't the same. That electricity ain't the same. You know why? Because you got to fill this big-ass house up now. You won't be fancy. You got 14 foot ceilings, huh? Yeah, they done sold you on that. They done sold you on that. Oh, we got 18 foot ceilings. Oh, I like that. They don't tell you when you put the thermometer on, it says three hours. Three hours for what? To fill it up. Three hours? I just went one degree. 
Electricity a little different. Look, 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 look. Somebody said, I paid 120 for a house. I put 80K in a renovation. Now it's worth 300K. I'm getting four bands a month, Airbnb. Chill out, trap. You feel me? If you that interested in going to buy a house, guess what? Instead of making your first house the house you live in, go buy you a duplex or something to go do something with. Or go buy you something you can Airbnb with. Go, go get cash rep. Go get cash flow before you talk about, I won't sleep in it. I wanted to sleep in. You're going to be sleeping in airbags. You're going to be like me. Big fancy ass house. I ain't buying. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't want to buy it. I'm straight. All right, man, let me go, man. All right, Dave, let me go. Give me off this slide, Dave. <laughs> uh, man, I love y'all, man. I love y'all so much. All right, so watch this, y'all. We got a new one. This one here heavy. Watch this. More credit card debt delinquencies than the 08 financial crisis. Tell me again why we need to buy a house. You got more credit card delinquencies now than 2008, the financial crisis. Now, hold up. Let me say something right quick. Talk my people in the chat. Let me ask y'all a question. Me and Jose had a debate. Me and Jose had a debate earlier. When I tell you the financial crisis, what year do you think of? Let me see that in the chat right quick. When I tell you the financial crisis, what year do you think of? Let me see that in the chat right quick. Let me see that in the chat right quick. What year do you think of when I say financial crisis? When I say we got a financial crisis, what year do you think of? What they saying, Jose? 08, 08, 08, 08, 08. All right. That's what I say. Jose tells me, well, which crisis wasn't a financial crisis? So he says, what was the Great Depression? I said, no, Jose. I said, every, every situation has a name. You got the financial crisis. You got the dot-com bubble. You feel me? I say you got the financial crisis, you got the dot-com bubble, you got the Great Depression. So Jose says, well, what the hell was the Great Depression? A Wasn't that a financial crisis? Now, I say, not really, Jose. Now, I understood what he's saying, but what I'm saying is, in 08, the banks collapsed. In the Great Depression, the world collapsed. <laughs> America collapsed. <laughs> Everything collapsed. 
So I just want to know. <laughs> I want to know right quick. Who is right? So when we say the financial crash, crack crisis. If anybody say, yo, the financial crisis. What are we referring to? Right, it's the same dude that said a Netflix stock a week gets you off the street. <laughs> this is the same guy. This is the same guy. This is the same guy. That's my guy. Let me see what it is. Let me see, Jose. He gonna hold that up till we get that out. <laughs> That's all good. That's my dog, though. But I, we always do that. And we just splitting hairs to be. But I get it. But I always got to give Jose a hard time, man. All right. So let's talk about it, though. Watch this, y'all. So year over your bank, year over your charge, um, credit card delinquencies have all been reported. Watch this. This is the highest level we've been in since 1991, y'all. Even 08 wasn't this high. And we got to show y'all the graphics so y'all can see it. You feel me? So that goes back to the that goes back to the last conversation we had. This is not the time, y'all. If you ain't, I'm, I'm gonna be real with y'all. And so watch this. Here's the thing that gets me, and I get it, right? Why do we always wait to crisis to learn about money? Why we always wait to crisis to learn about money? Why we always wait until a crisis to learn that we got to do better? If anybody in this generation right now, if you ain't learned from the pandemic that you need to start learning about money, this, gonna, this is a rude awakening, y'all. More people got to lose jobs. This, that's, that's what capitalism does. Right? We in America. Racism will always be here and capitalism ain't going nowhere. Stop looking for what's fair and just start playing the game. Right? Stop looking for fair and start playing the game. Right? Racism ain't going nowhere. Capitalism ain't going nowhere. The government ain't going to never do what you want them to do. Jobs ain't going to never pay you what you want them to pay you. So if you allow them to feed you, you get them permission to starve you. So your overall goal is to change your financial algorithm. You got to change it. Because you ain't going to be able to change nothing in the broader sense. Why are we waiting until crisis to learn about money? The goal is to learn about money before there's a crisis. So in time of a crisis, you know exactly what to do and you're not guessing what to do. Okay, prime example. You get on the airplane. First thing they do, click all the things. Click, 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 click. They do a what? Systems check. The next thing they do is they come on a loudspeaker and they tell you, listen, in case of emergency, there are six exits on this airplane. First, your air mask come down. Don't try to save nobody else. Save yourself first. And once you save yourself first, then if you got time, save somebody else. There's a reason why they tell you that, because in crisis, they want to say we've already given you the blueprint. So when a crisis comes, when the thing drop down, you're not saying what to do with this thing. 
when a crisis comes, you already buckled up. You ain't going to tell you, hey, the say, the, hey, when you see the buckle on the light on, that means buckle down. So that way, if the plane goes in crisis mode and the thing come on, you not saying, what that mean? When the air things drop, you ain't saying, what I, you ain't trying to strap that up like a seatbelt. And it also says, in case of a water crash, there's such and such. So now they put you in a situation where these are the two types of things that can happen in this airplane. If either one of these things happen, here's the prerequisites that you know how to do. Here's the blueprint. We laid it out for you. Now, if there's a user error, that don't got nothing to do with me. It got something to do with you. The problem is in crisis, not only do we not know how to do, now we completely doing user error, but nobody can't save you in crisis because everybody's trying to save themselves. Nobody can't save you in a crisis. Because everybody focusing on themselves. So what that mean? Trap, nope, I can't loan you $1,000. Nope, I can't loan you $500. It's crisis time. I got to make sure me and mine good. It's crisis time. So the person you used to lean on, they can't help you because it's crisis time. It's a crisis situation. Credit card debt delinquencies. So let's add this on top of what we're talking about. Credit card debt delinquencies, all-time high. The average person already behind on what? Two bills. Savings have been depleted by how much? 40%. Banks are doing what? Increasing rates at which it costs for you to loan money. Jobs not doing what? Jobs not matching what? The economy. Why you think so many people on strike right now? They're like, nah, bro. We working too much. We need some more money. Okay, what's another stat we said? We said what? 40% of Americans now work what? Two full-time jobs. We just said this stat a couple weeks ago. Crisis. The writing on the wall. Yeah, we investing, you know, yeah, we, 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 we plan an options game. Yeah, we plan to buy a whole game. We trying to make money in crisis, but the liquidity that you have. Crisis mode, nobody can't save you but you. If you're not spending money on an asset, if you're not spending money on some information, I'm going to just keep it all the way 100 with you, fam. Man, hold that bread. Hold that bread. I'm about to tell y'all something that's going to be real dope. I told my people this. I'm not buying another pair of shoes or nothing. I got enough stuff I don't wear. I'm good right now. You know why? LVMA's worth billions. Nike, Field Knight, billions. All them people we be going to spend money with, I, I'm not the one to talk to you about doing it. But guess what? They worth billions. Crisis mode. Put yourself in situation. Put yourself in the, give yourself the opportunity to win this game. 
Give yourself the opportunity to be in position. I ain't saying don't buy it at all. I'm saying wait till we get out of this. Just wait till we get out of this. Guess what? I ain't got nothing against it, but Beyonce made 580-something million dollars on that tour. That's cool. Crisis comes, she good. The Swifties, she at 1.4, she good. They good. But if you still going to work, you entrepreneur building your business, you, you, you ain't exempt from the crisis. You ain't exempt. So put yourself in a situation where one, you not bleeding in crisis, but two, you can take advantage of the crisis so on the other side of the crisis, you sitting pretty. Because on the other side, there's a lot of people going, listen, when Noah built the ark, okay, now they ain't going to like me for this, Jose. When Noah built the ark, he was only allowed so many everything. Am I right? But guess what? Imagine being on the ark. Watch this. Imagine being on the ark and you hearing people drown from the flood. Because when Noah's building his boat, everybody calling him crazy and ain't nobody saying, well, man, let me build me one too, just in case. Ain't nobody gonna say, hey, Noah, hey, check this out. I know you're an old drunk. Why are you building that boat? You've been building that boat for a long time. Why? Nobody gonna ask him why he's building the boat. Nobody asked him why he's building the boat. Everybody just ridiculed him. Everybody just ridiculed him. So just imagine being on a boat and everybody who called you crazy, everybody who was throwing stuff at you, imagine being on a boat with you and your people and you hear them screaming now to get on the boat and I can't do nothing for you. We talking about crisis. You got to go build your financial ark, fam. And you need to be building it right now because here's what you're going to hear. You won't see it right now, but a lot of people financially screaming inside, but they don't know how to say it because social media got people standing in something that they ain't really is. But here's what you're going to see. It's going to keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Why you think you seeing people robbing in broad daylight now? Nobody don't care no more. People need money now. People robbing in broad daylight because the tighter it get, the more risk people going to be willing to take. The more violent it's going to get. The more crazy it's going to get. So you, right now, you don't, right now, you telling people, nah, why you wearing the same thing every day? I'm, I'm good. I'll be all right. I'm going to just wear the wall trees, trap and stuff every day all day. Why you wearing that? Why you wearing, I'm good. Man, you wearing that from last year. I'm good. 
I'm straight. But in crisis, nobody ain't going to want to buy that stuff that you're selling. Now you sitting on it in the bank account look dumb. It's red, red. And guess what? Everything while you was building your financial arc, while they screaming, let me on a boat. Let, can I borrow? No, you can't borrow nothing from me, fam. Because I got to save me and mine. I built my financial arc. While you was shining and while you was doing that, I applauded. But I was building my financial art. You got to build your financial art, y'all. You got to build your financial art, y'all. Because time's going to get harsh and harsh and harsh and harsh. Promise you this. When the water go down and it's time to rebuild, when the floods calm down and it's time to rebuild on new ground, you ready? You ain't got to go to the bank for the loan. You cash out. Your credit good. Your stocks good. Your liquidity good. Now you go buy the house at low interest rate. Now you go furnish the house. Now you go buy the duplex. Now you go buy the multifamily. Now you go buy the land. Now. So now you now got more job opportunities. For other people, you couldn't help them then, but now you can help them because you got your business now and they need some work. So you can now bring them in and pay them right pay because we ain't going to never hold nothing against nobody. We won't help them build. We're going to lead with love. We're going to lead with character. We're going to help them build. We're going to put them on a team and we're going to show them because we had to let them financially chastise their darn self. Now you get the dupe. Now you get the land. Now you leverage the credit. Now you get money from the bank because now they won't give it to you different. You just had to build your financial arc and go through the cycle. You had to let everything else flush. But in order to do that, you got to be able to put the earmuffs on so you don't hear, one, the people trying to influence you, and two, you don't hear the screaming from when they're being financially drowned. You don't, Because you don't want your emotions... You don't want that. You got to change your financial algorithm, y'all. All right, let's go a little further. My bad, I apologize. When selling powder goes wrong, man. Listen, man, when selling powder goes completely wrong, Johnson & Johnson, a $365 billion company, $304 billion company is considering bankrupt for the third time, B. The third time. The third time they said considering bankruptcy. 
But B, why are they considering bankruptcy, B? Well, let's talk about it. They're considering bankruptcy because as of right now, they've already caused $583 million in damages. They have a $2.8 billion lawsuit that they got to pay out. They got to pay out. They've already paid 500 and something million. They're like, bro, we tired of paying. So they're going to try to file bankruptcy this third time. The bankruptcy is going to allow them to do what? What the bankruptcy is going to allow them to do? Not pay. Not pay. Bank, the third one. Bankruptcy is going to allow them to not pay. They're just trying to use the game. Bankruptcy, they, they won't file bankruptcy. They're like, nah, we not, nah, we not, we're not paying, we're not paying another $2.8 billion and 50,000 more claims is out there. They're trying to stop the bleed. From when they intentionally gave people cancer. Intentionally gave people cancer. This is how the game being played, y'all. Let's go a little further. Ah, Lisa, 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 Lisa. All right, man, so here's some dope stuff I want to talk about right here. So Lisa Sue, right, AMD. Listen, AMD slanging $2 billion in AI chips. Listen, I love to see this. So at the end of the bell today, this was big for us, right? This was big for us. So at the end of the bell, we saw uh, AMD report earnings. Now, we know that AMD is the second biggest player in the game. So they reported... They beat earnings. They beat earnings by 70 cent, uh, expected 50, 68 cent. Um, they beat revenue by 5.8 billion, expected 5.7 billion, and the stock fell by 4% after hours. Hmm. Interesting. But when they got on the earnings, when they got on the call, Lisa, Lisa hit them with a big gun. She said, and we plan on selling 2 billion in chips next year. Stock came back up. Stock came back up. Look what she said. We expect to sell $2 billion in chips next year, and we also expect to have a 40% increase in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Lisa said we slinging chips, family. And we got dip. We got the chips and the dip. So here's my idea for that as well. AMD has now, I mean, NVIDIA is up on the 21st. With NVIDIA being up on the 21st, how are we expecting? How are we expecting NVIDIA to perform? I'm interested to know that. The reason why I'm interested to know that is because here's what we do know. There isn't a, everything NVIDIA has, they selling. And they selling like hotcakes. I'm not really tripping on the idea that they're not able to sell to China because China only made up 20% of what they did. 
right? Only 20% of what they did. So here's what I remember. I remember in 2017, AMD was $16. $16 stock. Here's what, so everything that NVIDIA does is, everything that NVIDIA does is selling out the meat, out, out the shelves, right? Out the shelves. So I'm interested to see the stock hit 390, 397 a day. I'm interested to see what's going to happen on November 21st. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right. Here's the exact formula when big in the market. So watch this. Since 1980, the stock market has fallen 20 times at less than 10%, six times less than 20%, four times less than 30%, two times less than 50%. And since 1980, the S&P is up 11,836%. Trap. Why are you telling me this is the exact formula to win in the market? Well, the reason why this is the exact formula is because we know this. If the stock falls anywhere between 10, 20, or 30%, we understand what? This is the ultimate time for us to do what? Be building our arc and execute. Because here's what we do know. Since 1980, the S&P is up 11,836%, which means after every hard fall, there's a bounce back, which means it's re-rock season. As a traveler, I don't want you to get so caught up that the market going down. I want you to give yourself grace to say, okay, the market is going down. This is a great opportunity for me to either what? Add another leg on what I'm doing or double down on the stocks I'm buying and buying whole. So if we go a little further, I definitely want to show y'all. So let's go a little further, Dave. Mark my words. Let's go. All right. Because of that, I want to ask you a question. My word is this. Will the S&P... Right now is at 4193. Will the S&P in the year 2023 will it end over 4200? Will it end over 4400 or will it end under 4200? Hmm. My question, will it end under 4,200, or will it go over 4,400? What they say in the chat, Jose? Let's put the poll up. What they say, Jose? No, no, no. So go, go over 44. Under 42. So, Dave, you should have a graphic that says the best months in the market, right? We don't? Hmm. What we got? What we got, Jose? All right. 
It was half and half? All right, so stop right there, Dave. I'm gonna give you all, uh, I got this, this thing I got, I had wrote this out. I thought we had it. I thought we had it. Let me see something. George, throw my phone. It should be right there. It ain't on the charger right there? No? Damn it. Oh, here you go right here. All right, I got it. Watch this. So I want to show y'all something. I want to ask y'all a question. You got it? There we go. There we go. Just on the charger for me, girl. All right, there we go. So here's a question I'm going to ask y'all. So here's the best five months in the market right here. The best five months. November, on average, is up 1.7%. April, on average, plus 1.5%. December, on average, plus 1.4%. July, on average, plus 1.3%. January on average plus 1.1%. Now, as of right now this year, all of these have stood the test of time. January was up, April was up, July was up. On average, okay? Now, I'm going to say this. I truly think the market will end Forty-four hundred. I think the market gonna end on a rally. I'm going with over forty-four hundred, Jose. I'm going with over. Mark my word. Episode sixty-seven. Trap said he going with forty-four hundred. S and P. Over. I'm going with over 44, Jose. You want to bet a dollar? What, you, what your dollar is, though? I'm saying you're going, you're going, so you're saying, are you, you saying under 44 or are you saying under 42? Jose say under 42. For one dollar, full quarters, ten dimes, a hundred pennies, the nickels. All right, so let's go. Here, watch this. So now I go back, Dave. So what I will say is, we ended the day on the up. We got Apple Thursday. We got Nvidia in two weeks, three weeks. What if we get the November-December rush? That means we get the November 1.7 and the December 1.4. That's one. That give us 3.1%. That'll give us our 44. That'll give me my 44.
Huh? So, now, here's what I will say. And, here, and, I'll, and I'll say this, Jose, I'll say this. The market consistently applies pressure on us to confirm or reject any theories that we have. That makes sense, B? The market consistently puts pressure on us to reject or confirm any theory that we have. Right? So we got to either, every day the market is going to put pressure on us. And the pressure is whatever theory that you have, whatever thesis, let me even change that word. Whatever thesis that you have, the market will put pressure on you to defend that thesis. You got to either defend it or you got to either abort it. Right? Your ability to pivot or stand firm. I wrote this down. Your ability to pivot or stand firm is truly important. Your ability to pivot, stand from, or abort any mission is important. Number one, the market is going to go up or down regardless to what you do. While the pattern or the characteristics may be the same, on the inside, on the outside, those factors are completely different, and that is the sentiment that causes disruption. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I came up with that idea, and here's why. Let's dig into that a little bit, Jose. You, you got to be able to do one of three things. Pivot, stand firm on what you believe, or abort the mission. That's the only three things you can do. Pivot, all right, boom. Stand firm, I see what's going on, but I think we're going to get out of it. Or abort the mission. Your ability to make the decision on which one needs to be done is essential. Because if you pivot when you needed to stand still, you're going to miss. If you stand still when you needed to pivot, you're going to miss. If you abort the mission when you needed to pivot or stand still, you miss. You stand 10 toes down when you needed to pivot or abort the mission, you get hit. So your ability to navigate those three, that triangle offense, Jose, that's a whole class right there. That's a whole class right there. Your ability to navigate that triangle offense is essential. Now, here's where it gets a little more tricky. You may see the same thing on the outside, but the thing inside changes the sentiment. Okay, let's make it make sense. Watch this. You may be in a crisis again. But every crisis has some type of underlining thread or characteristics that's different. Right? Prime example. 08, it was the banks. 2001, it was technology. But still, it was a market event. Depending on what the market event is now tells us whether you need to pivot, hold, or abort the mission. Even though the, 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 the outside characteristics may look the same, the inside characteristics may cause a different one. So it is essential for you to understand the market so you can know, do I pivot, stand still, or fold? Here, let me give you another example. Michael Burry, when he made the big short, he was able to stand still 
on his thesis while he was getting crushed. But because he stood still on the thesis, he became the biggest winner. But if he had pivoted, he misses out, he takes the L. If he folds, he misses out, he takes the L. Your ability to pivot, fold, your ability to pivot, stand still, or abort the mission based on your thesis is essential in this game. Oh, that's good. Let's go a little further, man. All right, let's get into it. George. What up, Trap? Man, I got a question about Bitcoin. Let's say Bitcoin hit 100,000, 200,000. What does that do for companies like Tesla, Robinhood, Coinbase that own a lot of Bitcoin? They own a lot of Bitcoin. So does that make them, does that make their, their stock immediately go up if Bitcoin was to go up to 100,000 to 200,000? Um, that's my question for the day. What happens if Bitcoin goes to 100,000, 200,000? Would that make the stock of Tesla's, Coinbase, Robinhood, you know, some of these large holders of Bitcoin, what would that do for them? So if I, if I, because it was kind of low. So his question is, if Bitcoin goes up to 100,000, does that affect the other stocks that's holding it? So I think like companies hold it, but I don't know if I don't know if that a I don't know if that a merit of stock, so to say. I don't know if that a merit of stock um, in that situation because it's an individual entity and it's a different master, it's a different asset class. So it's like me owning it. Well, I don't know if that does because that's not showing up on my balance sheet as a. Uh, as a product or service, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like a company, uh, it's kind of like a company, Apple buys bonds, right? Because they buying bonds right now and the bonds are giving them money because they're getting passive money for buying the bonds, that don't got nothing to do with the stock, but what it does look good is on the balance sheet. So if they sell the Bitcoin, they cash out at it at some point, it'll look good on the balance sheet but it won't have nothing to do with the actual stock performance. That's good. Let's go a little further. Somebody say Sam. Yo, Trap, what it do? This is Marcus. So how you feel about uh, the pharmaceutical space as it pertains to cancer? Specifically, I'm looking over the next five or 10 years uh, to see what company is going to start to gain uh, the most market shares. You know, I've been looking at two companies, uh, ticker symbol RHHBY, uh, Roche and um, Novartis. Uh, ticker symbol MVS. So I've been looking at those two companies to try to see which companies is going to like start to uh, take over most of the market share going into the future. Um, is there any companies that you've been looking at specifically and how you feel about those companies as well that I just named? All right, appreciate you. Thank you. Salute. Man, I know a jail when I see one. I know a jail when I see one. That's a, that's a jail. That's a jail behind you, partner. <laughs> Um, nah, so you know that cancer, that cancer 
playground is huge. Uh, I think anybody who can, I think anybody that can break that down, I, I ain't going to necessarily say I, I've ran across some companies, but I ain't never uh, like looked heavy into them. Um, I know one company just had a cancer drug that failed and the stock plummeted just not too long ago. Um, but any, any company that can truly penetrate that and have something strong, I'm all for it. And I love, you know, I love the medical field. Yo. I love that field. The thing about that, too, is when you're watching those companies like that, watch how much they're spending in the research development department and also ask yourself um, what I want to say right here. Research development department and pipeline. That's what you want to look at. Uh, research development and pipeline. Research development and pipeline. You want to ask yourself, what drugs do they have in a pipeline? And once you get to the pipeline, you want to ask yourself, do they have anything in phase two or three? Three is the go-to phase, right? One and two is cool. That means it's all right, but they still could collapse. Once they get them to phase three, that's the key role. So anytime you look at inside of those pharmaceutical companies, you want to look at what they're spending on research and development because that cash burn going to be crazy. And then you're going to look at that pipeline, what they got in, uh, in, in, in phase three. Let's go a little further. Good evening, Trap. This is Jacqueline. My question tonight is regarding how you balance your philanthropy with running a successful business. I know that the summer you were out in many cities doing a tour, traveling to cities and not charging anybody, not even bringing merchandise to sell, but really just wanting to meet people where they are and give back to the community, especially amongst people that you knew probably couldn't afford to pay for your services. Um, I wonder, especially in the beginning, as you were first building your business, having the need to run a profitable business and having the dream to build legacy for your daughter and future generations. I wonder for me, a small business owner who is also trying to give back to the community, um, and the many trappers out there like me, you know, many of us are entrepreneurs and small business owners working a job, sometimes doing all of that at once. Um, how can we, those of us who who are like you and care about the community, want to give back, want to be a blessing? Um, but how can we do that and balance that with running a successful business and making sure that we have some profit left over so that we can become amazing investors like you. Any tips that you can provide, I'd greatly appreciate. Thank you. First of all, we need to just put her voice on like an audible and just tell me bedtime stories, bro. <laughs> Bro, that is angelic. Where should I get that voice from, bro? That is the soothingest voice I've. I can just hear it now. That voice with the humidifier. That's what it's called. It's on. The humidifier with the light. The one with the light and the little uh. I'm man. Don't wake me up, bro. Dang. Such an amazing voice. Um. Yes, Queen, I actually just did something else, too, man. I just paid for a funeral. I just did that, man. So I was happy about that. Um, I think um, 
you you don't you you don't want to you don't want your business to go under. Um, you don't want your business to go under because you want to be a philanthropist. What I will say is, do what you can without going overboard, but make sure you're making more money because when you make more money, you can give more. Right? So I hope that makes sense. So like, whatever level you're on right now, give what you can without going, give what you can without putting your company in a deficit. The read in the Bible app. Yup. <laughs> um, do what you can without making your company go under. Because remember, at the end of the day, money is the oxygen to your business. Right? Money is the oxygen to your business. So give what you can. Help what you can. Help who you can. But if you focus on growing your business and you focus on increasing the revenue and profit of your business, you can give more. So I, wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to do stock market in the streets two years ago. Why? Because I had to fly my whole team out. I flew all of them out. They all ate good. They all slept in a good hotel. Ain't none of them sleeping in a red roof in. Ain't none of them sleeping in the Holiday Inn. They slept in the same hotels I slept in. They ate what they wanted to eat. Only thing I said, you can't buy no alcohol on my dollar. And then we went out to the spots. And then what we bought? B, we bought speakers while we was there. We bought water. We bought ice coolers. We bought that. You feel me? So... I wouldn't have been able to do that in 2020 or 2021. But what I was doing in 2021 was, you know, people who I knew that was giving dinners and suppers, I'll go buy 10 plates and not, and just give them away. You know what I'm saying? I'll be in New Orleans, I'll go home, I'll go buy 10 plates and give them away. Or I'll see somebody, you know, I'll see a business doing something, I'll buy it and get the products away. You know what I'm saying? So I would do stuff like that. It, it's still a form of me supporting somebody without me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would go teach uh, in certain places and not charge. So, but as you grow your business, so do you increase your giving. And that's why I love E.T. so much because E.T. said, he said, Trap, I got to go be a billionaire. And I was like, bet, I feel that. But he was like, I got to go be a billionaire so I can bring more kids to the Super Bowl. I got to be a billionaire so I can bring more kids to Dubai. I got to be a billionaire so I can pay for more kids to go to college. I got to be a billionaire so I can feed more people that don't have food. So you, you, you increase, you give at the level you at, but you increase as you increase. You know what I'm saying? So that would that would kind of be my 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 thing to that. That would be my thing to that. Appreciate you, Queen. All right, what we got, Dave? What's going on, Trap? Shout out to Wall Street. Looks like us now. 
Y'all changed my whole algorithm I got going on over here, man, for real. My name is DJ, though. But anyway, my question is for you is, you know, tax time approaching. I know I'm a little early, but whatever. Um, people get money back. Ain't no, none of my business what they do with it. But they just say I get back $5,000. How can I split this $5,000 into the buying hole? Do I buy one company, two companies, three do I put the whole thing on it? Or how do I how do I kill the buying whole game starting off with 5K for a normal investor? And shout out to the trappers, man. Keep trapping. Man, I like my guy, man. He belongs in Bone Thugs and Harmony. He belongs in Bone Thugs and Harmony. He give me that. It's the first of the month. <laughs> nah, uh, that's a great question, King. So let's do this. So let's say you got $5,000. Let's do two things at one time. Let's do two things at one time, right? Let's take the 5K, and then before we invest it, let's tell ourselves this. Every month, we also going to dedicate this much to my account. So now we're not just saying after the 5K, I'm done. Let's say after the 5K, now every month, I'm going to put another $500 in my account. Uh, $7,500 uh, $7, a week in my account, right? So now we do is we're not making a one-time lump sum investment. We also fueling that account. So what I would say is let's take the 5K and let's split it into two stocks, depending on what you like, right? Or you can split it into, yeah, I say take the five. Ooh, I got it. Let's take the 5K and let's make a watch list. Let's put on a list. Let's put five stocks. Right? Let's put five stocks. Right? And then of those five stocks, I want you to say, here's the two that I like the best. Take the 5K and I want you to say, here's the two I like the best. Whatever those two is you like. And then I want you to say, the one I like the best, I'm going to put... 65% in it, and the one I like second best, I'm going to put, what that is, be 35%, 35% in. Now, why are we doing that, Trap? Because the one we like the best is going to be the one that's going to drive our account. It's going to be the one that drive our account. Definitely don't put 5K into 10 companies. That don't make no sense. You spray yourself too thin. Right? So you're going to take two companies. You're going to say, here's the one I like the best, Here's the one I like second to the best. And then when you do that, you're going to say, the one I like the best, I want to own how many stocks of it? Let's just say you say, I want to own 50 shares of it. The one I don't want, the, the second one, that's I want to own 20 shares of it. Now, over time, you're going to increase that. But what happens is now you don't get yourself a goal and a direction, right? So now you say, all right, well, now I'm going to save up in my account every month. And then once I get to this amount, I'm going to deploy this money. Right. Once I get to a certain amount, I'm going to deploy this money and I'm going to employ it, deploy it in my first and my second stock because I know how much I want to own in the first stock. I know how much I want to own in the second stock. Once you get what you want to own in the first stock and the second stock, now you say, now let's move on down to my third, fourth and fifth stock. Now, I got my third, fourth, and fifth stock. I know how much I want to own. Let me save up. Let me save up. Let me save up. Let me save up till I get to a certain number. Once I get to a certain number, now I'm going to start deploying it in my third stock. Watch this, though. My third stock and my first stock because this is the one that's going to drive my portfolio. 
So now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put something else in my first stock and I'm gonna start building my third stock. So I'm gonna keep building my third stock. I'm gonna keep building my first stock because this is the one that's gonna drive my account. Now, let's go a little deeper into that. Two text, two index, no stress. Not over here, brother. Not over here. Not over here. That ain't our game plan over here, Cody. You know better than that. Why would you even put that in my chat? You know better than that. Bring that somewhere else. Right? Nothing against my brother, but not over here. We go get it, we go get ours. Right? We go, we go get ours. We don't, we don't, we don't do two tech two indexes over here. We don't do that over here. We go get it. It's there for us to go get, we go get it. We ain't, we ain't doing that. We ain't, we ain't doing that at all. All right, so now what you're going to do is you're going to be strategic, right? So now you're going to say, all right, what's the buying points on these right here, right? What's the buying points on these? So now once we understand what the buying points is, this also dictates when we buy. So now if our first stock not on sale, we know one thing. We're going to go to our third stock, our second and third. So we let the market price points tell us how we put money in our first through fifth stock. Damn, that sounded. Be how that sounded. That was a plan? I feel like that. We give them practical steps just now. I feel like we just gave them practical steps just now. You know what I'm saying? We get a man a, we get a, man a detailed blueprint. That's what he called for. He called and said, Trap, I need a blueprint for this 5,000 I got. I need a blueprint for this 5,000 I got. We just gave him a blueprint. Ian is my guy. That's my call him. We talk. Two tech, two indexes with, that's, that's his blueprint. But that ain't never been Trap blueprint. That ain't never been Trap blueprint. All right, let's go left first. What we got? Oh, oh, oh. All right, y'all. So now we going to our famous episode of Flush It or Flip It. 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 Let's get into it, man. We got, we got 10 stocks. All right, my paper's at for flushing up flipping for us. I had a whole little settlement for this, bro. Eight of them. I had a whole little settlement for them, though. But my paperwork went out. God damn it. Ah, here we go. I be having notes on notes on notes, bro. You hear me? Because I want to say something. All right, first and foremost, let's start off with Marathon Petroleum. Listen, man, so watch this. If you're new to the channel, flush it up, flip it is when we tell you, I'll put out the stock. If you say flush it, that means we're going to make money on it. If you say flip it, that means we're dumping it down the drain. Ah. All right, man, let's go, man. First stock, MPC, Marathon Petroleum. Right, the stock is up 30% this year. It is a refiner, a marketing, and a transporter of petroleum. Are we flushing it or are we flipping it? You ever worked that? You ever worked that marathon? <laughs> are we flushing it or flipping, Jose? What are we doing? Marathon petroleum. 
I like marathons. All right, next up on the list is American Water Works. The company is down 26% year-to-date. It, it works with water and wastewater solutions, osmosis, and all that other good stuff. Right? Let's talk about it. So we're talking about water when we're talking about uh, cleaning water. Just water services, water products. I remember at one point in time, they were saying we was going to have a water shortage. You remember that? You remember that? They were saying we were going to have a water shortage. It was like maybe a year ago, bro. They were like, yo, we're going to have a water shortage. People was holding on to water and stuff. I was like, how are we going to have a water? Huh? Yeah. They were like, we were going to have a water shortage. They were like, they were like, we were having clean water issues and all that. I was like, what? I better go drink some faucet water. Anyway, how we feel about it, man? A-W-K. Flush it up, flip it. Nah. Huh? Company down 26% year to date. Nobody, people, evidently people don't care. <laughs> Prologis, man, so this is a real estate investment trust. The company is down 11% year to date, but it's known for its 3% dividend yield. The amazing thing about this company, it is in the industrial space. So they do industrial service warehouses, things like that. Prolage is a pretty dope company if you're looking for a good dividend yielder. How do we feel about Prolage? Jose, flush it or flip it? I'm not mad at flipping the real estate investment trust. All right. Let's, oh, let's go a little further. Next. Eaton, right? So Eaton is a up 30% year to date. They are a power management company that provides energy and energy efficient solutions. You know about Eaton, guys? That man just saying that because it's 30%. This dude here, bro. <laughs> Eaton, do we flush it or do we flip it? How we feel about it? Eaton, ticket symbol E-T-N. How do we feel about it? How do you feel about it, Jose? Flip it? I ain't mad at eating. All right. Textron, year-to-date up 7%. It leverages a global network of aircraft, uh, defensive and industrial and financial businesses that provide innovative solutions. Meaning, this is a company that deals with company in the defensive sector. They deal with companies um, in the industrial sector, and they deal with company in the finances. And they give them innovative solutions. Meaning, they talk to them about how do your business get better. What are some of the things that help your business be better, do better, perform better? The company is up seven percent year to date. How do we feel about it? Textron ticker symbol TXT. <laughs> All right, fasten all. 
Company up 22% year to date. This company focuses on fasteners and softeners, uh, nuts and bolts, screws, anything on a construction site. When it comes to bolts, putting stuff together, beams, they are the world's largest. They're the go-to. Well, you're America's largest. Fastenal, up 22% year to date. Flush it up, flip it. Ah, United Rentals, URI, year-to-date, up 13%, engages in the equipment rental business, aerial and industrial. So you go on a construction site, that's the reason they got the aerial lifts, they got the scissor lifts, they got, yeah, up 13% year-to-date. We made a killing off them during the pandemic, them two right there. Them two in Chipotle took me to the house. I said, oh yeah, we got it now. How do we feel about it? Last one is Expedia Group, year-to-date up 7%. It's an online travel company that products and services for leisure and corporate travel. They help you get from your first destination to your second destination, and even somewhere in the middle. You want to book a hotel, you want to book a car, a flight. Expedia got you. Online service. What do you like? They're up 7% year-to-date. Do you flush it or do you flip it? We ain't here for it. All right, man, so that's our version of Flush It or Flip It. Hit it, Tootie. The journey we are on, man, it comes with so many ups and downs. But it's the consistency and it's the ability to learn during the consistency that takes us to the next level. So a lot of people always talk about be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. But what is it that you're learning and acquiring from the information capital within the consistency? We talked about building your financial arc. Times are getting rough, y'all. Man, I promise you a lot of people ain't gonna make it. But how do we consistently not make the same mistakes financially that we've been making? How do we pivot instead of standing 10 toes down? How do we do that? How do we become better? How do we evolve? How do we become more mature? Ronald Reagan said something, it's a quote we all know about Reagan Namas, but he said something into the context of, freedom is always one generation from being extinct. Yes, you can pass it down, but every generation has to fight for it. And I think that was pivotal. I think that was pivotal. 
It was pivotal because I know his freedom and the freedom that we want is two completely different freedoms. But what I do know and I do understand and I will take is that it must be fought for because you are always one generation away from losing it. So my question to you is this, what happens when you finally make and do everything necessary to free your family? How do you not make sure you just free, but the next generation is free? But not that the next generation is free, but that they have the tools to help the generation that follow them. freedom you are one generation from it being extinct you are the now generation we are the now generation between now and 2045 there's 86 trillion dollars in wealth that will be transferred 72 trillion of those dollars are in the form of assets. I ask you a question. How much of that are you getting? How much of that are you passing down? And if not, how long will you wait before you be a part of the transfer? Freedom one generation from being extinct. And I want us to start upping the ante on what it is we call freedom. Because everybody thought they was free until Noah built the ark and then everybody realized what they thought was freedom and what he knew of as freedom is two completely different things. So I want you to build your ark right now. I want you to start building your ark right now. And I want you to disregard who says you look silly. I want you to disregard who talking about you. I want you to disregard the person that's saying you're wasting your time. I want you to disregard the person that tell you that $100 ain't nothing. I want you to disregard the person that's telling you that $1,000 ain't nothing. I want you to disregard the person that's telling you that $10,000 you're trying to invest ain't nothing. I want you to disregard those people because those will be the same people in time of crisis that will ask you for $100,000, $1,000, $5,000. The nothing that they're telling you it ain't is the same nothing that they need. Yeah. I want you to change your financial algorithm. I want you to start building your arc right now, one investment at a time. I want you to start building your arc right now, one stock at a time. I want you to understand that when it starts to flood, I want us to already be in the ark. And I want us to be heartless when we hear the screams. I want us to be heartless in that moment when we hear the screams. Because God told Noah, don't let nobody on here. I gave you instructions. And the biggest blessing Noah could be was what? Obedience. In no way, shape, form, or possible am I saying I'm God. In no way, shape, form, or possible I'm saying I'm Noah. But I'm using that reference because I want you. I want you to know one thing: you will be solely responsible for saving you and your family. Noah's wife looked at him like, "Bro, what? 
Noah's kids was like, what? But he was consistent. So I want you to understand that. Start building your ark. Have that discussion with the family. Listen, this is what we got to do right now, y'all. Have that conversation with your family. This is what it's going to look like for the next 12 years. And here's the thing. Let's say it doesn't happen. Let's say it doesn't happen and you building your ark anyway. Well, if it doesn't happen, guess what? You financially strong. Guess what? If it doesn't flood in a disastrous way, guess what? You financially strong. But if it does flood, you have financial shelter. I want you to look at it right now. And I want you to, the way I want you to start thinking about your financial arc is, how do you not waste money for Black Friday this year? How do you not waste money for Black Friday this year because you're building your financial art? How do you not waste money for, new, for Christmas this year because you're building your financial art? How do you not? What I will promise you is this. The liabilities that's on sale this Black Friday will be the same liabilities on sale next Black Friday. The same stuff that's on sale for Christmas this year going to be the same stuff on sale for Christmas next year. They're going to just be creating more cool stuff to sell you next year. Change your financial algorithm. Not just for yourself, but for your family. Because you the one got the calling. You the one got the vision. You the one coming to Trapping Tuesdays. You the one taking the courses. You the one watching all the stuff, the CNBC, and you the one watching it. They not watching it. So you the one got an idea. You the one that see what's going on. If you the person with the vision, you can't be led by the sheep. The shepherd can't be led by the sheep. The shepherd got to lead the sheep. Change your financial algorithm. That's episode 67 of Trapping Tuesdays, man. I just want to tell each and every one of y'all, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for just tapping in another amazing week. And we ain't going nowhere. We just getting better. I want to thank my team for showing up and making sure we deliver at a high level. Most importantly, man, I want y'all to go to Apple Podcasts and Download as many episodes as possible. Well, because I don't think there's 174 shows better than us. Now, I'll take responsibility for that because I definitely wasn't pushing it. But now that I'm sitting down and we settle, I'm definitely going to push it more. But listen, there are not 174 shows better than us. We put out better information than that. Jose does a better job than that. My team does a better job than that. So we're not asking y'all to buy anything from us. We're just asking y'all to go to these platforms and just download it. Of course, the Apple charts are amazing to us. 
So go to your cousin phone, go to your sister phone, go to your auntie phone and just go say, hey, let me download all these episodes for you. Put them all in the group chat. Also, the Wall Street looks like us and our network. Jose, we are chopping up episodes each and every day for you all to get it because we know you're not going to sit down and watch this thing for three hours all over again. So we find the best segments of the show to drop it every day for you. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hey, do me a favor. Like this channel. We definitely want to get to over 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Let's help us accomplish that goal, y'all. This ain't costing no money. And last but not least, go to the Wall Street Trapper YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe to it. Why? Because we dropping different kind of content every day. Original, new, fresh YouTube content. I know it may sound like a lot, but it ain't going to cost you no money. You could do that tonight before you go to sleep. Shout out to everybody that's saying thank you, man. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Same time, same place. We on time now, y'all. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. I want to tell y'all good night from myself and my family. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week.